You know, one of the fascinating things about the Bible is that it's so relevant. It has application for literally every day and all the details of our lives. It speaks to every issue. It communicates to to every need. And um, it's really nice to have a book that is not just uh, an old book, but it is a book that is alive and a book that is active and a book that is uh, truly one that God uses over and over again in the lives of those who read it, who read it. Blessed are those, Revelation says, who read, who read, who hear the Word of God. You know, this morning we continue our series on want to be blessed. And as I've said over and over again, I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be blessed. But if you're here this morning, you really, really don't want to be blessed, then you can go ahead and go on with the rest of your day. We won't be offended. But if you want to be blessed, I want to talk about something today that is extremely basic. It is so basic and so vital that we need to be reminded of it. Because it's crucial. If you want to be blessed, one of the essential things that you and I need to do is we must believe the Lord. Must believe the Lord. The passage of Scripture that's in your program this morning is from John 20 and verse 29. And there in John 20, 29, uh, you'll see in your program, it says, It is because you have seen me that you believe, Jesus says to Thomas. And he says, happy or blessed are those who have never seen me and yet have believed. Never seen me and yet have believed. So many people do what Thomas did. We all, I think, are familiar with the uh, unfortunate things that so many people say about Thomas. You know Thomas. Poor Thomas. He was the doubter. Doubting Thomas. And often you look at Thomas and you hear people talk about Thomas in a way that's, that's uh, almost speaking down to Thomas. As though there's something wrong with him. As though he has some deficiency. As though we don't. But we all do. We all have this deficiency. And so when you look at Thomas, I want to tell you a little bit about Thomas. Thomas did something that that I think almost every human being that I know has done. Thomas placed his trust and his hope and his belief in something that was in his mind and his heart. He, like the other disciples, they had already come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ was here and Jesus Christ was going to establish his kingdom. They thought Jesus was going to take over Rome. They thought he was going to set up his kingdom. They thought he was going to be the king of not just the Jews, but the whole area of the world. And in fact, the boldness of some of his disciples when they said, you know, when you, when you get there, us two brothers, we want to sit one on the right hand and one on the left hand. They were, they were so uh, arrogant. But what I want you to notice is that Thomas does what the other disciples did, and that is that 
they put and invested all of their confidence and all of their trust in the fact that they believed Jesus Christ was not only the Messiah, and he was not only God in the flesh, and he was not only the Savior that had come, but they also believed that Jesus Christ was going to establish his kingdom. They never got it that he was leaving. And so they had vested in him an ideology, if you will, a philosophy, a thought process for life that was not accurately based. Now, there are some things that they believed that were very accurate. But this wasn't one of them. And so when Jesus died, all the disciples really vanished. And you know, Peter, he kind of watched from afar and kept his distance and he was called out, as you know. But the disciples vanished. Because everything that they had put their confidence in and more had died. Had died. So when we look at Thomas and we say, oh, doubting Thomas, we need to be a little bit more sympathetic. Because every human being that I know places their confidence and their trust and their belief until they come to understand the the scriptures and what it is that God wants to do. They place their confidence and their belief in an ideology or a system that they have conceived or construed for themselves. It may include a lot of truth. may include a lot of truth. But when that which you put your trust in is shakable, when you put your trust in something that is contrary to the declared word and communication of God, the result is devastating. Devastating. For example, if you put your trust and confidence in this world in which we live and the doctors and so on and everything else, you can easily come up with this concept in your mind that you're going to live and live and live and live and live. But the last time I checked the stats, it's not real good. One out of one dies. What an amazing thought. And yet people believe they're not going to die. They believe they're not going to die. So Jesus dies. Thomas's whole world is shaken. His whole life is falling apart. You know, the same thing happens often in marriages where people put so much of their, their, their confidence and their belief and their life and their existence in their mate. And then when their mate dies, their world is shattered. Other people put it in the market and they have invested heavily. And as you know, many people, when the crash came, they crashed too. So if you put your belief, your confidence in that which is not founded on the word of God, at one point it's going to crash and that's going to destroy your world. It's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart. So it is absolutely essential that we know everything that we need to know about this whole concept of believing. 
And Jesus says to Thomas, this is after Jesus has been raised from the dead, Jesus says to Thomas, Thomas, is it because you've seen me that you believe? Blessed, blessed are those who have never seen me and yet have believed. I want you to be blessed today. I want you to be blessed not because you see with a physical eye, but I want you to be blessed because you see with spiritual eyes. I really do. I want you to see what it is that we're talking about. And so we're going to start off, first of all, by recognizing that we must believe correctly. We must believe correctly. I love Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. It says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Must believe that he is. The first component, component of believing correctly is that you believe that God is. He exists. And he's not just part of a tree or part of a star or some ideology that comes from a foreign land or from a foreign place. He is real. He is. God is. And you find out a lot about God from this letter that he's written to us. From cover to cover in the Bible. There's a lot of people that take, have taken snippets from the Bible and they've made their own books and various things. But the Bible is the only one that will give you the accurate scoop. You have to believe that he is. And secondly, he says you have to believe that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. You have to believe that not only does God exist, but you have to believe that God wants to reward you. God wants to love on you. God wants to bless your life. Isn't that good news? And secondly, I bring up Thomas again. Believing correctly means that we understand that the belief that we have is not just something that we conjure up or develop in our own thinking. What, what Jesus was driving at with, with Thomas was, Thomas, you, you need to understand that everything about me is what is essential for people. Everything about me. I'm the resurrection of the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. There's all kinds of things that Thomas has heard as he spent three years walking around hanging out with Jesus. He's seen it. He's lived it. He's experienced it. He knows so much. And yet, the truth behind what's been communicated is what is essential to the belief system of Thomas and the rest of us. It's essential to believe Jesus came. But Jesus didn't have to stay. Makes it clear he wasn't going to stay, but he didn't have to stay in order to accomplish what he'd promised he would do. So we have to believe correctly. And the next thing we want to look at this morning briefly together is the fact that you must know what believe means. You've got to know what believe means. I know this is basic. I'm on most of you are thinking, Bob, this is like first grade stuff. That's all right. Then join me. <laughs> join me as we spend some time in, in first grade together. What does it mean to believe? The Greek word for believe, I've written it down for you, is pistuo. 
pistool. And the Greek word to believe means to be confident in, to be convinced by. It is a, it is a word that speaks of great confidence and trust in, what, in that which has been communicated. So when we believe, when we believe, we are putting the weight of our lives on that which we are believing. On that which we're believing. Pistool. But I want to move on and, and talk to you just a little bit about the Old Testament usage of it in the Septuagint. The Septuagint, by the way, is the, is the Old Testament written in Greek. So, so you're not confusing it with, uh, with Hebrew. But this word, this word believe in the Old Testament uh, Septuagint, which is the Greek version, it is, it is the word aman. And it is very closely tied to the word emuna. And most of you are probably thinking, that's all Greek and Hebrew to me, Bob. That's <laughs> true. It's true. But I want you to understand the concept and what it's saying to us. Because this word that the Old Testament background gives us is generally translated in the same way as to believe, and this is what it means. That which stands firm, that which is reliable, that which is certain, that which is sure, that which is sure. So when you exercise belief, when you believe, you are placing your confidence on that which will hold you. Behold you. Most of you can appreciate this. Maybe not experientially, but you can, you can, experience, you can, you can uh, appreciate this. And that is that when I go into a room, most of you would agree that I'm not a small man. You're so kind. <laughs> I'm not a small man. So when I go into a room, I look at the chairs differently than someone who is not as large as I am. I look at the chairs. I size up the chairs. I see where they are. I see how low they are. Because of my medical issues, I have to be aware of these things because the worst thing in the world, the most embarrassing thing for me, is to go into some place, into a room, and sit down in a chair that I can't get out of. It's not because I don't have the muscles to get out. Listen now. It's because I, I, I can't deal with the pain of getting up. Anyway, that's another story. So I size up the chairs. And I look for chairs that will hold me. Hold me. My worst nightmare is sitting down in a chair and having the chair break. Most of you can't relate to that. But you understand what I'm talking about. I mean, it's painful when you sit in a chair and it drops from underneath you. It's not very comfortable. Anyway, that's what the Old Testament Septuagint is talking about. This word believe means that what you're placing your confidence, what you're holding your life to, tying your existence to, tying your future to, will actually hold you. It's the same concept that Paul uses when he says in Timothy, 
I am persuaded. I know that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. He will hold me. I can believe in him. Because he's going to carry me all the way through. All the way through. So that's the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament usage of this, it's really interesting because the word uh, pistuo is the verb, the action. Believing is the action of the word pistis, which is faith. Faith is what we have. Believe is how we exercise it. You know, I look at a chair and I say, oh, that chair, I, that chair is going to hold me. I have faith. But when I go and I sit down, I am exercising my belief. My belief. So it's absolutely essential that we understand what it means to believe. Notice the example here given in James 2.19. It says, are there still some among you who hold that, o- that only believing is enough? Believing in one God? Well, remember that the demons believe this too, so strongly that they tremble in terror. They believe. Now, their belief is a, is a different aspect. It is an intellectual assent. It's something that they do not tie their lives to. But they know it's true. They know it's true. So you have people often will say, well, I believe. What they mean is, I have an intellectual assent and I can agree to the majority of what you're talking about. But they've not yet sat down. They're still standing there looking at the chair. So when you look at this, it's so important. You have to know what believe means. Somebody else can tell you, I believe. Really? Sit down. Let's see. Sit down. And they say, well, you know, I, I don't need to sit. I believe. I'm sorry, you don't believe. You're just taking a walk in the park. You know, checking out the park chairs. Absolutely essential. So if you if you hold with me and understand that blessing or the blessed life comes as a result of believing. Or putting it another way, it comes because you sit down. It, you put your weight, you put your life, you put your confidence in Jesus, in the promises of his word, in the things that are declared in his word, you daily sit down and you know he's going to hold you. You know he's going to take care of you. You know he's going to provide for you. You know he's going to lead you on into glory. You know that when the trumpet sounds, you're going. You know that. You know you've been forgiven. You know these things. But let's not be too hard on Thomas because all of us struggle with this. Why do you think First John, why do you think John, wonderful John, why do you think John says, I'm writing these things to you who believe that you might know that you have eternal life because we all struggle with it. We all do. We hear things. We see things. People share stuff. We're living in a world that's bombarding us with all kinds of stuff that's not safe. To sit on. 
And so sometimes we feel a little bit confused and we think, well, I don't know. I don't know. That's when you need to come back to reality. That, that, that's when you need to come back to the truth. Come back to that which will hold you. Come back to that which will give you hope and confidence. Come back to that which will never allow you to be shattered and destroyed emotionally because you're safe, safe in his arms. So you want to be blessed, you've got to sit down. You've got to sit down. Just really quickly, let me give you a number of, of benefits, some of the benefits, number three, of, uh, of believing. Obviously, obviously, the belief or the benefit of believing is that you have eternal life. How often does Jesus say, if you believe, you have eternal life? In fact, in John 1.12, which a lot of people have used to justify um, weak believing, they've said, you know, Jesus will allow us to become children of God even to those who believe on his name. And some people have said, well, see, all you've got to do is believe. Well, if you understand again what it means, you've got to sit down. You have to sit down. Yes, he will make you his child if you sit down. You know, I struggled with this. Really, i got to confess. I struggled with this whole concept of sitting down in the chair and the whole bit because I thought, I don't want to magnify the fact that I'm a little bit larger man. And the Holy Spirit led me, to, led me very clearly. He said, Bob, just do what I tell you to do. So there you go. That's right. Amen. Amen. But there are so many, so many, so many blessings. You know, you have salvation. Salvation. When you, when you put your trust and your confidence in Christ, He guarantees you. He guarantees you not just the ticket, but the boarding pass. And you don't even have to go through the check-through. You just walk right on. You're right on your way. Guarantees the presence of his Holy Spirit in your life. The byproduct of believing is the gift of the Holy Spirit and all the gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. His presence, his power, his permanent influx into our lives and our thinking, his desire to be our leader and helper during the course of our lives. You know, he gives us forgiveness. Forgiveness. I, I just want to encourage you to jot down Psalm 32, 1 and 2 where... The psalmist says that it's, it is so good. It is so good. How blessed is the man or the woman whose sins are forgiven. Isn't that wonderful? Or Romans chapter 8, you know, the Apostle Paul. There's no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. And then lastly, just briefly, I want to share with you the fact that we have the, we have the benefit of confidence. Confidence. Confidence and hope. Confidence and hope. We have the blessed hope. We have the, uh, the reality. Not of something that we hope might happen. But it's guaranteed. Because the word hope in the, in the Bible is completely foreign to the hope that people use. You know, somebody will say, well, are you going to this so-and-so today? And they say, I hope so, which means they really don't know. They haven't figured it out yet. They're not sure. Maybe they don't have tickets. Maybe this, maybe that. The Bible says that when we hope in the Lord, it means that we have absolute certainty. 
we have absolute certainty. We know, we know in whom we have believed and we're persuaded that he's able to keep that which we've committed to him against that day. So let me, let me end up this morning by telling you that you basically, with me, you have three options. You have three options. When it comes to this whole issue of believing, you can keep walking in the Lord. You can keep walking in the Lord. Walk in the Lord. I love, for those of you who already believe, you've had your little bumps and bruises along the way, I'm sure. You've sat in a few chairs that didn't quite hold you, and you've said, I'm not sitting there again. And, you know, you, you've, you've, like Thomas, you've come to recognize that you've got to size things up. <laughs> you've got to put your faith and your belief in the right place. But I love it because in Colossians 2, 6, he says, as you have put your trust in Christ Jesus. And by the way, the word trust uh, is also translated oftentimes in many, many places, pistuo, just like believe. Same word. So as you have put your trust or your belief in Christ Jesus, the Lord, to save you from the punishment of sin, now let him lead you in every step. So you need to just keep walking. Walk in the Lord. Keep on walking. For those of you that have already made that step, you need to keep walking. For those of you this morning that are in the middle of a challenging situation, maybe you're right now you're kind of like a Thomas and you're, you're doubting what's going on. You're not sure. Well, secondly, if that's you, you need to cry out to the Lord. You need to cry out to the Lord. You know, the man who went to get help from Jesus for, for the health of his child, and Jesus basically told him that he had no problem with the healing of his child. And, and uh, the issue was, if you, you know, do you believe? Do you believe? And the, the man responds in Mark 9, 24. He says, immediately the father cried out, I do believe. Help me to believe more. Help me to believe more. In the New King James or the NASB and so on, it says, help thou my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help me to believe more. But maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's where you are. And, and I want to tell you that if, if you're in that spot and you need to cry out and you need to believe more, you must get greater resources and understanding of the whole concept of believing. You need to know who you're trusting, who you're believing, what you're believing. The Bible tells us that our God is so good, so gracious, so kind. And yet sometimes we feel like he's not being kind to us. Some of us have occasionally gone through the Job effect. And some of us have gone through other issues and challenges in life. And we've really found ourselves questioning and wondering and doubting. And, and yet he keeps on showing us these tidbits and we say, yeah, I, I can hold on to that. I can hold on to that. We're sizing up the chair and Jesus is saying, it'll hold you. I'll hold you. But you've got to stop looking at all these other things and get grounded and find out what you really need to believe, what you need to put your weight on. And then finally this morning, you know, if you're here and you've been like one of those who believed without sitting down, 
you need to believe on the Lord. You need to believe on you need to put your full weight on the Lord. Your full weight. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. The only solution, the only solution is to fully put your weight and your confidence in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he says he'll do for you. And some of you are thinking, as I said earlier, you know, I've already done that and I'm just, I'm just really enjoying my life. Well, keep walking. Some of you have said, I did that. I know I did that. I know for sure I did that, but I'm struggling right now. Well, then cry out to him and say, help me. Help me. Remember last week we talked about making the call? If you don't make the call, you're not going to get an answer. He says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You want to be blessed? Ask him. Call. So when you make the call and cry out to him, he will answer you. That's one of the things about our God. He's not deaf that he can't hear and he's not mute that he cannot speak. When you cry out, he will answer you. But there's some of you, there's some of you that maybe fit into that group where you believe, you've looked at the chair, you know all of the details of the chair, let me put it another way. You know the gospel. You know Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. You know about the Bible and God's love. You know a lot. You've looked at the chair. You've sized it up. You've measured it. You've got all the, the, the parameters of, the, of this whole thing that's part of your psyche and understanding. But you have not yet done what? You haven't sat down yet. You haven't sat down yet. It's not enough. It's not enough to simply have a mental comprehension of that chair, of that truth. You've got to sit down. You've got to put your weight into it. Your weight into it. Believe on the Lord Jesus. And it's challenging, you know, sometimes sometimes people will people will say things. When I was in Bible college and studying scripture and everybody around me was studying to be missionaries and this and that and the other thing, and you'd have people that, that would just be sitting there and they, they would say, You know what? Um, I never sat down. I know so much. I've got so much information and so much knowledge, but I never sat down. And in the midst of that environment or in seminary, you know, people, people who know a lot of truth does not guarantee that they have yet put their weight on that truth. They know a lot, but the last time I checked, knowing a lot is not going to get you into the promises and the blessings of God. Then there's other people that don't know very much at all, but boy, they're all in. <laughs> I think of the guy on the cross who's right there next to Jesus and the other guy's making all kinds of uh, statements and racket. And, and then you have the other, the other fellow that, that says he didn't do anything wrong. And then he says to Jesus, he says, remember me, remember me. He says, I'm putting my weight on you. And what did Jesus say to him? Today, today you'll be with me. Today. 
He didn't know very much. But he knew enough. He knew enough. Or the, the fellow that was blind. Remember, I told you the story before, and I've shared it before, just because it's, it's just so wonderful. This, this poor guy's been blind, and, and Jesus heals him. And he's, he's hauled off for questioning. I mean, he goes through interrogation after interrogation. How did this happen? Who did this to you? How did you? I mean, they were all over this poor guy. And he kept telling them, I don't know. How did this happen? I don't know. Who did this? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I was blind. And now I can see. And that man right there is responsible. <laughs> believe. 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 And some of you this morning might be in that particular boat. And I just want to encourage you. You've checked out the chair long enough. <laughs> Put your trust in him. Believe him. Sit down. Amen. Amen. Father, we're so grateful to you. We thank you. And we know, Father, that when we believe, we are truly blessed. When we sit down, we experience incredible blessing. Forgiveness of sin the hope of eternity, the confidence and joy of your presence in our lives every single moment and the reality of an eternity with you. It's such a privilege and we thank you. We just thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.